Hello and welcome to another episode of Hangouts and Headlines here in Virtual Legality on the Hoglaw YouTube channel. Howdy, how are you guys doing this Tuesday morning? I can already see the chat has some questions about this topic, so I'm looking forward to answering them, having fun with you all today. It's pretty interesting to me, actually, how people react uh, sometimes to thumbnails and to what we're about to discuss on the channel. If you look in the description to this video, I think one of the things that you will see is that I don't have a lot of intention of talking about the specifics of what the Wall Street Journal reported this weekend. As we've talked about in this space, in Hangouts and Headlines, one of the things that I'm interested in is how the media deals with things, what they decide to do. And when the Wall Street Journal comes out with a story that is effectively something that I would think of for the New York Post or the Sun, or maybe even something even more tabloidy, I think that's worth discussing, right? So. One of the things I want to do in this space is not just talk about the subject matter of the articles. And I know this gets a little confusing because we do it both ways, right? We talk about the subject matter when I'm interested in that. We also talk about the reporting when I'm interested in that. We talk about both when it's something I know pretty darn well, like the Depp v. Heard trial, which I covered at length. But in this particular instance, we're talking about why this gets reported, whether that's okay. If you look at the description, that's one of the reasons this video is named the way that it is. So I just want to talk a little bit about chat items like this, right? Hmm, I don't like this Hangouts and Headlines topic. Let's start there. First of all, one thing, it is always okay to not like the topics I pick. It's always okay to not like the videos I do. I'm a human being like the rest. And frankly, I want you to have your opinions. I want you to give those to me constructively, of course. Uh, you know, no ad hominems, but... RJH00 is not using ad hominem attacks when he's making these comments in the chat before the show. He's saying it's starting to feel like just gossip now. I agree. I agree that this article does feel like gossip. That's why we're covering it. But we're not covering it to you know, wallow in the lasciviousness of the accusations. We're here to talk about how and whether or not this is fair, uh, why it's being discussed. Um, you know, Mr. Musk has his own thoughts on that. And I think you've heard me discuss in this space. I'm neither here nor there on him. Um, I'm certainly not, uh, you know, a, a cult of personality fan of his, but I'm also not against him. Uh, he's a very interesting character to watch operate here. Uh, and I will continue to do so with respect to the Twitter saga. But there is no question that the reports on him and his activities have increased in volume. Uh, maybe not in vitriol. I know he wants to say something along those lines, uh, but definitely in volume after his Twitter bid. Uh, and I think that's something worth discussing. Um, this topic isn't gaming tech or even legally related. Well, you've got the richest man in the world who operates tech companies, who's in the midst of a bid for another tech company, getting a tabloid piece written about him, not in a random newspaper, but in the Wall Street Journal. To me, that's worth discussing why and how that happens. And it is related to all the things I'm interested in. All I can ever do with Hangouts and Headlines or this channel is pull things that I'm otherwise interested in that I want to talk about that I think I have something of value to add and hopefully the community can talk about as well. Um, so that's what we're doing here. Is there really no other news? I'm sure there is. Um, as always, I recommend DMing me or leaving in the comments things that you'd like to see covered. Um, I you know, looked around. I thought this was the best thing to talk about today. We'll see if that's a good idea or not. Maybe it'll be a short one. Maybe we'll just hang out the whole time and we'll have a brief aside about gossip and Wall Street Journal and rich men and whatever else we talk about. But that's why I picked it out. And I want to make sure we're clear there, right? So 
it doesn't require a lawsuit. It doesn't require any specific business item. One of the things that I was thinking about talking about in this space was the fact that Domino's as a pizza chain apparently is having some difficulty actually delivering pizzas, even though their demand is up 30%. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that I think is interesting and fun um, and why they don't want to work with a driver app service, a DoorDash or a, a Uber Eats or a Grubhub or something along those lines. Maybe I will do that on Thursday. I don't know. Um, but that's really what we're doing here. And I have absolutely no problem, I want to point out, with folks stating their opinion, right? I could take into consideration next time, choose a better topic. Maybe. Maybe I'll choose a different kind of slam. Maybe people hate this topic. Maybe people hate the way that this video is done. That's okay with me. Um, and I would take that under consideration. I take it under advisement because at the end of the day, when you're making videos, when you're doing these kinds of conversations, when you're having this kind of morning discussion, you have to be interested in it. Nobody wants to board me talking at you through the video screen and onto the internet and beaming to you in your various computer uh, locations, uh, which we should absolutely talk about because I love Good Morning from Madison, Wisconsin area, et cetera. Thank you so much, Kelly. Um, is what we want to do here, right? And one of those things is media. One of those things is why are we covering these? What is it seeking to accomplish? What are we doing? Um, and so that's that's what I want to talk about. And we don't need to be like, it's his channel and he can choose whatever topic he wants. Sure, I can. I absolutely can. Uh, but if everybody hates it, I mean, that's worth noting as well, um, either in the subscriber numbers or just what we're doing here. So I think that I wanted to make sure that that got out there. The other piece of housekeeping that I wanted to make sure I got out there was the notion that there is a scammer in our tweet, uh, tweet comments, in our YouTube comments. Um, that is putting my logo up with a WhatsApp phone number address. I don't even know how that application works. That's not me. I don't use WhatsApp. Um, I've already asked for a verification label for the channel, hopefully to dissuade uh, future scams on that. YouTube will get to that when they get to it. Um, I think that at least according to their criteria, they'll just grant that to me. But yes, I, I will never ask you to contact me separately um, in the comments to a YouTube video other than to say DM me on Twitter. Uh, and that's no guarantee that I will necessarily comment back, but really just DMing me with news articles or things like that. I'll never ask for your investment information. I'll never ask for your business location. Uh, so please ignore those things. Report them when you can. I'm trying to scrape them off the, the site. I think it happened when we did a video on crypto. Uh, the most dangerous game uh, on the internet. So yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I do not do that. I don't have WhatsApp. Please do, please do check it out. Uh, good morning from Alabama. Let's get to hangouts. Let's let's have a good morning. Let's welcome here. Let's make sure I hit the right button. Kurt from Uncivil Law has been waiting for like an hour and a half. I saw you right before the show. I apologize for not getting to you for a few minutes, Kurt. I just wanted to make sure that you knew I was there. I did. Yes, you're back there. You could you could get a big sign or like some kind of light down there. No, I, I knew you were there. Um, I just wanted to make sure since I saw the chat discussing. <laughs> Hey, this looks like a gossip column, and I'm just like, mm. that's the point. That, that I, is I also enjoyed watching you for the ten minutes or so that I was watching you prep. I'm pretty sure you didn't know I was there. Oh yeah, did I did I look good doing it? I you never know. Great. All great. right, fantastic. Yeah. What what do well, I? Well, I can't like stay doing? long, but I thought I'd drop in for at least a little while because I. Could oh, use fantastic! The, yeah, we're just gonna do some hangouts here in the early morning here. How are you doing, Kurt? I'm a, I'm a little stressed, but I'm doing fine. You're a little stressed. You are a little stressed. Is to are you taking a test today? I am taking a test today. What test are you taking today, Kurt? Ah, I'd be taking the Texas bar exam today and tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. 
And so what time is it over there and what time does the test start? It is 6.30 in the morning and the uh, instructions start at 8.30. Wow. And you're spending a few minutes with us on, on pre-bar day. Okay. Well, then we have to get zen. I'm I, very I don't know zen. What I'm incredibly your, zen. Your pre-test ritual is, uh, but it was always yeah. for me. I had a very interesting dream. I guess we'll call it a bar anxiety dream yesterday, last night. Yeah. And it was very, very interesting in how it's constructed. And one of these days, I'm going to have to tell the story because it was very bizarre. You're not going to t- you're not going to share any more of it. With, with, I mean, I can go into it now if you want, but it it, it, it involved all kinds of weird things. It involved uh, it involved uh, me uh, being being there uh, when Kevin Spacey was apparently being interviewed by a college reporter at a frat party as he was being exposed for the first time and uh, learning all of the, learning all of his secrets and then uh, helping a very drunk girl try to get home and then uh, being solicited uh, to uh, an orgy in which they had uh, disclaimers in nice uh, eight and a half by 11, like glossy magazine style with like fancy professional photos and everything. And like half of the, this, this, like this magazine format, and half of it's just pictures of like them in like nice attire. And then you have the actual disclaimers and like really small type. And I was actually reading it. And there was other complications along the way. Fair enough. Yeah, you got that sounds like a lot of stress. There was a lot. There was a lot. Yeah. I and usually I was, just I, I was I was, I was reading the disclaimer and also arguing with another attorney who also was there at the time about the meaning of the disclaimer. So we'll, we'll unpack that on after dark at some point. <laughs> Yeah. And there there was other things that there are other complications. It was a very, very complicated dream. Oh it, involves, my it involves all kinds of things. Uh, you know, publicity, right of publicity, privacy interests. You um, oh you're you're running you're running bar exam questions as part of basically, your exam basically because this girl was so drunk, basically I'm I'm basically at one point basically trying to force her into the car. So like whether or not I basically have excuses for theoretically kidnapping, carjacking, sure. all the rest of it, uh, some sort it of necessity like doctrine because i'm trying to help her and all the rest of it and waivers Uh, contracts notices so forth and so on it was very complex it was it was it was uh yeah and then i also in the brochure with it it referred to the girl who was the was the partner with the guy because she's also featured prominently in the magazine it referred to her as the eponymous mouse and i was like oh that's a very clever word choice and then, so basically, I'm giving myself credit for my own word choices in my own dream. My subconscious does all sorts of stuff. You yeah. got to give yourself credit at some point. Mm. Well, so that was my morning. How was your morning going? I, less stressful than yours. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't have a bar exam coming up in a couple of hours. Um, mm-hmm. If I tried to take one right now, I do not think I would succeed. Uh, it is a very learned process. If you're not a lawyer, uh, if you just try to take a bar exam kind of after a few years uh, without looking at anything, I, I don't think you'll pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bar exam is, I would argue, um, maybe not the most useful test for active practicing, but a useful test for yeah. I can research, study, and memorize. Um, so you can at least pass on that. Kurt, I am sure I share with everybody here uh, the notion you're going to pass. Um, so don't stress out too much about it. I'm good. Uh, That's fine. You put in the work. You go past the bar exam. Uh, how does Texas split it? You have multiple choices to start out with? So this morning is the model 
model practice test, which I've never actually done before, the MPT. I've never done before in real life. And that is, I've done practices of it, but I never done. The last one I took the bar exam, I didn't have it. So basically, they give you a closed problem. Uh, so they get they give you two problems, each of which is ninety minutes long. So they give you it's it's ultimately something like write a letter to the client or write a memo to the judge or write a memo to the senior partner or whatever it is, some version of that. Okay. And they give you everything. They give you everything you need to know. So it's like here's all the things that exist. Here's As if all your associate had handed you the research. Here's all the law, all the facts. Here's all the things. Write a memo that you know puts these things together in some sort of attractive package. So I got two of those this morning. Then this afternoon, it's six essay questions, and that's three hours long. So that's a half hour each per essay. And the real trick there is just time management because- That's freaking short for a legal essay, folks. It is incredibly short. <laughs> the, there's there's basically no way to do it. And so basically, the, there's no way to do it because usually they give you way more stuff than you could write in 30 minutes. So the real challenge becomes the real challenge to the essays becomes just doing basically the outline of everything. So you mm -hmm. want to mention everything. Yep. And then you go in and you fill in detail and fill in detail. You don't want to get bogged down in detail so that you miss issues. So here's what you do. Here's what I'm doing at least. First of all, you Iraq the shit out of this issue rule mm -hmm. analysis conclusion. So you identify all the issues. All right. That you identify all the issues to make sure you got that covered. Then you identify all the rules as best you can to make that covered. And then you start, and then you do the conclusions. And finally, then you spend the rest of your time with analysis in the middle, because that's sure. the part where it's like to show how smart you are. But you don't want to bog down on earlier parts so that you forget to do the issues or rules analysis or everything. So basically you just do the very most minimal outline and you just flush it out, flush it, flush it out. As, as time allots, this is the way to do it. And not to spend more than 30 minutes per essay, because if you do that, then you're gonna run, you know, if you spend if you spend three minutes more on every essay than you're supposed to, by the end, you've used 15 minutes that you no longer have out of your 30 <laughs> minutes, right? So I, I hear use, you. See, no, that's, that's five, actually, see how that worked out? It was amazing. That's yeah. actually the same uh, method that I used for all, all, my, all yeah. my exam tests, which is- yeah. So you that's this afternoon. For half, you write for half. Yeah, that's right. So it's two. It's two model. It's two MPTs and six essays this afternoon, and then tomorrow it's two hundred uh, model bar exam. At the MBE, multiple right? choice over six hours, which is a lot of time. Actually, that's a lot of time. The MBE is fun. I mean, I'm a weirdo, but I like MBE it. Fun. It's fun. <laughs> well, congratulations on getting to this point, Kurt. I know that there will be a lot of anxiety and weight lifted off your shoulders at the end of the second day, regardless. Um, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's a tough thing to go and do another bar exam. It's just, I, uh, it's just because they, they, there's this idea that you'll never know as much law as the day you take the bar exam. And the, the reason is because you have to cram basically all these roles and exceptions and just cram everything into your brain and relearning things. It's interesting. So it's like, well, my brain is now filled with more law than I ever knew, or at least it's been a long time since I knew. So and a fun. bunch you'll never need after tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> uh, Brett Cormier says, Kurt, your weird dream just sounds like what I call dreams. Minus the bar question, since I have an intact soul because I'm not a lawyer. LOL. Thanks, Britt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hey. 
You know what? I, I I am thankful for you dropping in on bar exam morning. I would not have expected that. So good luck. There was a whole filming thing. notice and things. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not sure I want this to be filmed because how's that gonna work for the character and fitness thing? And it's like that doesn't sound like that's a good thing. So it's filmed while you take it? You take no, it. No, no, not the bar exam in my dream. The orgy was oh. gonna be filmed. Right now, is Texas doing bar exams uh, remotely or no? I'm doing it in person, thank God. Okay. I know there were a bunch of fights about the remote bar exams uh, over the past. Couple I don't even years. know how that would work in practice. Well, they had like really tight, like like eyeball watching and things like that, and people were kicked. And I, I saw that someone in in my timeline had uh, had gotten a rejection notice for having their own bottle of water. Um, I, I guess maybe as if you could like work up a label with with answers. I don't know. Um, but Some of these uh, bar, the bar exam people can be a little bit anal. And they can be actually a lot anal. In fact, there was an interesting Twitter thread I saw recently from another bar exam applicant somewhere who has uh, like some sort of permanently implanted insulin device or something. And the insulin device beeps because it's required by the device, the nature Mm -hmm. of the device, so that if you don't have the right insulin, it beeps to alert you. And this, this girl apparently was getting all kinds of crap trying to get permission to bring in the implanted device from the bar exam people. And they like didn't want to give her permission. And they apparently they were they made her get a a statement from her original doctor that originally like diagnosed her or something, which at this point was like 10 years in the past, you know, about the whole thing to get certification that this was a real thing. And apparently the doctors were calling her because they never had anyone be this invasive because they're used to like signing like school related you know notices or whatever and 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 the bar exam apparently people were lording their power over her and don't want to grant her the exemption of saying yeah you can't bring in the insulin device that's implanted in your body because it might beep i think she eventually got permission but she had a whole ranting threat and i'm like i believe every word of this this definitely sounds like someone on an anal power trip and who better than the damn bar exam prep people who also are lovely and wonderful in every way. And they're just the greatest. I believe shouldn't it. shouldn't be disparaged. And I, I love them very, very much. Please don't If you're on me. social media and you have any touch points with lawyers, you'll see all sorts of weird horror stories. I, I remember now there was another person a couple days ago said they weren't allowed to sit for the July exam because their fingerprints weren't showing up. Mm-hmm, yes. Their, their ridge lines were not high enough because they had, you know, worked in their lives. I, I don't know. Uh, and they wouldn't let them because they couldn't get a good identification from their their fingerprints. Yes, you have to be booked. Yes, uh, like, I'm getting like I'm getting like going oh, to I'm jail. getting pretty good at rolling my own fingerprints at this point because I've been fingerprinted uh, quite a few times at this point in my life. So yay. Yes, qualifying to be a lawyer in most jurisdictions of the United States is a lot like getting processed for prison. Mm. Um, so I had a photograph, yeah. mugshot, and everything. Do, do with that as you will. Uh, but yes, if you're, I have a number. Your privacy. I have a number. I am definitely a number to these people. Yep. I, yep. Yeah, I'm a number you, with you a have a number. If you step out of line, and, you're yeah. going to get yelled at. Absolutely. Yeah. And rules, very strict rules. I'm allowed to bring in a laptop, but not a laptop case, which makes you wonder: Am I just supposed to stuff it under my arms? Which There's I guess is a mountain yes. of laptop cases outside. Uh, I, yeah, I don't no. know how this exactly is supposed to work. I guess I'm going to find out. Uh, Britt says they can do it like online chess tournaments where you have to have a camera streaming your desktop, hands and computer screens to show you do not have a chess engine helping you. Yeah. So especially during the pandemic era, 
they were working these things. So the law, we've talked about this, right? We've talked about the law is slow on tech. The law is slow on everything, uh, but it's slow on tech. So they weren't quite ready to leap into the world of remote bar exams when they were forced to do so. Uh, and so they went with some of the most draconian kind of security systems. We measure your eye rate and like whether or not you're looking off screen for more than X percent of the time, um, which is odd because if you're a human being, you know, sometimes when you're working through a, what is that process or rule that I need to put in here? You know, you sometimes, you know, you go, okay, um, you know, this kind of thing while, while you're while you're working through a concept um, and I would hate it, but you were getting these reports and things like uh, you look like you're uh, accessing off-screen materials and things like that. Uh, and the, the absolute lack of trust for putting forth the profession that requires the maximum amount of trust is, um, you know, it's an interesting paradox when you talk mm -hmm. about these things. But it's, it's the life of a lawyer because the actual system doesn't trust you at all. Uh, and most of the ethics rules are premised around the proposition that you are a magician, that you are some kind of wizard uh, that can cause people to do things with your words. Uh, and so you should have blocks between every bit of the public and yourself, because otherwise, uh, lest you speak too much, the, the, the black speech will take over. Uh, and we need some well-meaning people in your local state capital to prevent you from interacting with the public in that way. I, I, I tell people, and they don't believe this sometimes, but that when we're looking at the model ethics rules and other things that I've been dealing with in, in my state and, and trying to modernize things, um, there is still a very high level of consternation with the notion that lawyers go and solicit clients, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That, that they go and ask for work, that, that the notion from a long time ago and is still baked into the, the model ethics rules is you hang your shingle and you sit at your desk and you wait for somebody to start your novel and come in and ask and say, I need legal services. Uh, and everything else is somehow corrupting the, the legal. Oh, yeah. He's not kidding. Uh, I mean, like uh, attorney advertising used to be forbidden, which people may not really appreciate. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, banned. I'm backing you up. Yeah. No, forbidden. Banned, which people may not appreciate because of how ubiquitous it is today. But like attorney television commercials were illegal. Attorney billboards were illegal. Billboards. Attorney advertisements, all kinds were illegal. It was seen as unsorted, unprofessional. And manipulative, and that's still in the it's still in the ethics rules. There's just a general discomfort with the notion. Yeah, there's a general discomfort with attorneys that they might have to go ask for work. So now you can imagine me trying to bring my jurisdiction's rules into allowing for internet postings and requests for proposal good. for professional services yeah, and things good. that every other profession uses and people interact with in the yeah. internet age through the internet. Um, and, and trying to explain that that isn't inherently unethical while also working with a guild that really likes its protectionism and prefers to have some barriers up. The, law, the bar exam is a guild. It's absolutely a guild in every possible sense of the word. It's it absolutely is. a guild. Or another word for that is a trust. Well, a licensing... <laughs> nice. Uh, a licensing regime of any kind has a certain amount of protectionism to mm -hmm. it. Uh, but in lawyering, especially, a lot of these rules are just designed to make it so that you don't know what the prices are and you have to call the firm that has the biggest name or the biggest billboard or whatever and figure out what it is and that you don't actually compete with people that are just as competent as you on other metrics. And you lose that access to justice because you're blocking all that information. But I could talk about this for a while, as the State Bar of Michigan well knows. Uh, so 
I will, I will leave it at that, but definitely. Um, yeah. The bar exam is part of that process is making yeah. sure, making sure we keep that supply low so we can keep those, uh, those prices high. And I think uh, it's, I think it's, all, I think it's driven not so much by the fact these people believe in any of this stuff, but more like when I went to school, I had to cross the trucks four ways and go uphill and you will too. I think they're being a pain in the ass just because people were paying the ass to that, but they feel like, I don't know, some sort of petty retribution. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, there's that there's definitely the, there, there's definitely the, the old saying the youngs should go through whatever that mm. there's that. And then there's also the old saying, no, I like my rates. Why should I have to fight against 20 people on an internet RFP? Right. And it's like, I, I don't, I don't know because that's a functional market for professional services, whatever. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. But I think we might need a little bit more generational change before we do. We'll see. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm not sure generational trying. change is necessarily the problem. As you point out, law, law is slow. Law is slow. It, law, it, law does not, is not equipped on some level to deal with the space of change that we're now dealing with in our reality. It's well, I had to, I had to, to kind of break this. down. I had to break down for my, my bar, like how Upwork operates and, and how things like that in the real world mm -hmm. are functioning and not destroying the the interactions between people good uh but yeah it's uh it's it's taking a long time it's taking a long time can we talk about elon musk for a while yeah let's talk about elon so as i said we're not going to dive deep into the specifics here for those of you worried that we're just going to suddenly become a tabloid channel we're not but i would have said the same thing about the wall street journal right i mean like this is why this is so interesting this is a <laughs> that's w pretty tabloidy this is a WSJ News exclusive. Not only is it Wall Street Journal, they're like, they're super proud of this. This is not the normal headline. They got the picture headline no, going. Man, they got that, the is, that is, they are def someone is definitely really proud of that headline with those photos. Are we sure this isn't the uh, I'm, I'm looking tabloid? at WSJ.com over the weekend. And, and this is like one of their main stories this is what got them a lot of circulation a lot of press you know press getting press of course and and that's part of the story again i, I don't subscribe to the wall street journal we're not going to go into a bunch of specifics here we got we got two paragraphs so those of you worried about that um the allegation the headline this is headlines uh is enough that, that the wall street journal goes out with this is the story that i'm mm -hmm. interested in talking about because we've talked about elon musk in this space a lot I have mentioned that while I knew of him, I don't know that you can't not know of him since he gets like name dropped in random Star Trek episodes and various of video games and everything else. He's he's kind of a symbol for uh, like real life Tony Stark, whether that's earned or not. That's how like narrative fiction uses him. Um, so you can't not know about him at this point. Um, I didn't really follow his uh, let's call it character um, or the way he operates. Uh, until he started messing around with Twitter. Uh, because I'm on Twitter, and it's a tech company. It's a big deal. And so I've covered that from the beginning. We have however many, 20 episodes uh, in virtual legality on it. And he is a fascinating person to watch because he doesn't operate uh, like uh, CEOs that I'm used to or, or like traditional business moguls uh, do. Um, and, and, and he does get described as a mogul uh, or uh, what is the one that we've got for Sergey Brin, which I'm like, yeah, you know, that's that's a good title. Um, there are a couple. There have been a couple of notable CEOs or heads of industry that have been in similar vein. Howard Hughes comes to mind. Yeah, like sure. These eccentric personalities. The, the that, cult of personality uh, people, absolutely. Yeah, 
Um, and, and, but he, you know, he's a rare bird, especially in the tech uh, field where tech already has kind of people operating oddly. Here, here's mm. the title I want American business magnate. You know, that's, that's just, I don't know what makes you a magnate rather than just like a, a CEO uh, at some point, maybe it's just size of your checking account. Uh, but you know, magnate, that's fun. You want that title. Sergey Brin here, who this accusation is about, this is a double whammy, right? This is a double kind of tabloid article. And it's one of the reasons I think some of chat was like, well, are you even going to talk about this? Was is Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX, and and Google, and you know, what extracurricular activities Elon Musk got up to. Elon Musk has a whole host of these kinds of articles. Uh, especially in the recent past. He was associated, of course, with the Amber Heard trial. And um, he's had a couple of accusations against him in the last little while, all in the vein of this particular period of time, right, where he's got a bid in for Twitter. He's got um, a, a very public-facing persona um, through that mechanism especially. And so when we get to him kind of complaining about this, I also think that's interesting, right? So when we talk about this, I, I look at this and I say, well, the Wall Street Journal, is this fair? We're, without looking at the article, is this the kind of thing that you would expect the Wall Street Journal to talk about? And then why are they talking about it here? Um, I have my own thoughts. Kurt, do you have any thoughts on how the Wall Street Journal arrives at this report, why they're doing it, and kind of benefit of the doubt side and cynical nihilist side for, for what the Wall Street Journal is doing here? What is the most high-minded reason we can generate for this article to exist? Why why does this article exist? I got I got I do have that. The CNN put up an uh, article this morning essentially backing up the journalistic process here. We can get to that uh in, in a second. But like I if we were exposing the affairs or whatever as, as some sort of tangential or support for a broader higher purpose then that would be one thing like we're doing it it is in some sense incidental to our true reason and we're doing it out of completeness or understanding or something versus we're just doing it for its own sake so i'm trying to find a reason that we're not doing it for its own sake and coming up wanting yeah i mean the, the most likely yeah the most likely answer is Hey, we think we got a corroborated story. We think it's lascivious and people will be interested in it. We think it'll sell papers. We think, think lascivious is not exactly the high-minded rationale I was hoping for from the Wall Street Journal, but yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? You do expect certain rules around these outlets. And this seems to be, hey, we got a handle on something. We think we have enough sourcing on to actually go out with. And people are going to be really interested in this, right? It's got that muckraking yellow journalism quality. And to me... Look, the Wall Street Journal's all over the place. I think they do some good stuff. I think they do some bad stuff. I don't know that I can recall a time when I've thought that they would just throw up a, a soap opera headline. Um, and and that's what- and With soap mean. opera photos. Yeah. I mean, could yeah. they come up with any more soap opera photos? I mean, Jesus, Lord. It does. It, it, it looks like, you know, whatever. I don't know what runs still. Young and the Restless? General Hospital? Are those still on? Young and the know. Restless, I'm definitely buying. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the lifestyles of the rich and famous here. Mm. Oh, my God. Can you believe what these cats get up to kind of thing from the Wall Street Journal? We I had to find him in white tie. 
Because that, that, that looks almost certainly like it's white tie. So it's not even enough black tie. We have to find white tie just to prove how elitist he is. Sure. Fun. Well, I mean, yeah, these look like outtakes from like Titanic or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, that's what interested me. Uh, because I saw, just tell you the order operations here. I saw this first. And one of the things I tweeted out was, okay, so I've only followed Elon Musk for a little while now. But it seems a little rich to say, hey, they're just going after clicks. I'll try my best to be heads down. When in watching him only for the last six months, uh, five months, I would describe him as someone that seeks out attention. He, he has an attention-seeking kind of approach uh, to social media. He goes and he trolls and he pokes and he makes fun. Um, and yet I went backwards in time and said, all right, what the hell is he talking about today? Because I didn't actually see this article when it went up. Um, and a lot of what Elon Musk would otherwise get upset about here and has commented on on Twitter is what I would argue is justified criticism of the way he acts or operates or otherwise. That is at least you don't have to agree with it, but it's in within the realm of reason. And then I, and then I found the baseline article and I basically said to myself, oh, my God, OK, um, all right. And then it gets worse from there. Right. Because the other thing we do in headlines is we talk about kind of the truthfulness here. So this is bad enough. If the Wall Street Journal has a dead-on, fully sourced, a thousand percent, multi-documented proof of events here, and I'm not saying it isn't true. Well, that's I mean, right. Ameri let's. I'll, I'll. I'll. I'll give them the premise that it's true. It's just like it's okay. What so am I trying? What am I trying true. to? What am I trying to do over here? It's bad Other enough than making it look bad for whatever. So, so this paragraph says had an affair ended their long friendship, etc. And so then Elon Musk comes back with, ironically enough, against the Washington Post, uh, against the against the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, <laughs> right? Like things are getting weird now in terms of the order of operations here. You can imagine this backwards, but essentially Elon Musk starts supplying the New York Post with pictures of him partying with Sergey Brin, which he says is from that day. <laughs> Um, and, and so when the Wall Street Journal says, hey, they're no longer friends, Elon Musk goes and says, are you are you freaking kidding me? And, and then that spins around in and of itself. Right. So you talk about the muckraking, you talk about the rumor mongering, the gossip mill and everything else. Then you have Elon giving an article to The New York Post in which he says this is all BS. This is ridiculous. He has other comments on Twitter, which we don't have to go through. Uh, and then it starts hitting things like CNN business. Right denying affair like this this all goes around everywhere <laughs> um and and that to me is part of the story as well the wall street journal starts this out saying how does this fall into business I, he's a ceo okay just checking i i mean he's he's a ceo he denies it all they start pulling uh tweets from him character assassination attacks have reached a new level this year i work crazy hours so there's not much time for shenanigans uh and then you hear Again, reference to the world's richest man. He describes the report as total BS. He says, I'm friends. He gives that picture to the Post. The two billionaires have been friends for many years. Bryn is an investor in Tesla, uh, apparently. Um, and then realistically- $500,000, he says? That's not an investment. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a penance. That's, uh, that's, that's my loose change I found on my couch. Well, any investment that Bryn, would bankrupt me, I count as a Bryn, that's not, that's not an investment. That's a whatever. Uh, I want a, then, I want a, I want a Snickers bar and I want half a million dollars of uh, 
of uh, Tesla. It's about the same level of thought at that price point. Yes, if you're Sergey Brin. If you're right? Sergey Brin, yes. <laughs> Uh, but so the Wall Street Journal spins off this kind of cycle that ultimately allows everybody from CNN on down to have this kind of reference to this weird soap opera-esque story that then finishes off basically every time I could find it with let's recount all the trouble he's been in, right? This is just it, a smear job. It, I, it, it doesn't not look like it. <laughs> this is just uh, a smear job. Right. And, and again, this is not coming from a cult of personality Elon Musk fan. I, I want to make that clear because I do think on Twitter and on social media, you can get this kind of Elon Musk is our space god and he can do no wrong. I am not coming at it from that direction. I'm even willing to grant that maybe the photo he sends to the New York Post is you know not from yesterday or or there are other things going on behind the scenes. And like this all actually happened. The question is, what does it matter? Why is The Wall Street Journal reporting on it? How does it is get this, spun is around? This in some way relevant to some element of the merger? Did I miss a clause in the merger? Maybe that would somehow be influenced by all these whatever. No, it, uh, it appears designed to make you feel bad about like like you don't you shouldn't like Elon because he's not worthy of your praise or interest or things like that. And you ask the question, which has and, fuck all to do with any of the legal issues, whether or not we like him or not, or at least it should. Right. I mean, I, I we can just walk through the legal on the analysis. We, we're going to need a donation of the cursey jar. I'm sorry. That is my fault. I, I will donate to the it's bar jar. exam morning. I get it. I apologize. <laughs> it's way too early. And I've ha I'm, ha I'm having dreams. It's totally in, OK. In, I would probably be saying the same thing. If I had dreams contracts. Um, so, no, you get to you get to this portion and. Yeah. This is one of the things we're seeing more and more in the media as we analyze it even more closely here together in Hangouts and Headlines, tell your friends, uh, is that we see articles that have these premises that appear designed to get to the big paragraph where they can just kind of shout about a company or a CEO or a person and say, as a reminder, this whole thing we just wrote about might not be a big deal, but here are the 14 other things you should keep in mind about this particular person. He's got relationship issues, family affairs, legal trouble. They've been a growing part of the public conversation lately. Says one of the bodies responsible for the public conversation. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, so okay, you see, so see all this scandalous tabloidy news like us? Yeah. yeah. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, and, and so you ask the question, like, how could this possibly be, you know, worthwhile to talk about? And, and CNN, who goes through and does this article comes up about an hour before we go to start taping this with an article called The Messy World of Elon Musk. Um, and as I understand it, this is kind of like a, a nightcap morning report kind of thing. Hey, what happened yesterday that they do? I can't pretend to be like a like a huge CNN business reader. I, I find these things uh, as they come into this space or otherwise. Uh, but they start to talk about why this is important. And, and mm -hmm. we can see what we think of that. So. Uh, first, I want to get to some super chats. We did get a couple here uh, just now from Britt. Britt, you can just put it in one super chat. I, I'm more than happy to do that. You're Thank you for so much for the support. I think this is a pretty good example of what I was saying a few months ago. The legacy media is moving from a subscriber model to a get clicks model. So the Wall Street Journal runs a story to get clicks. Once they get clicks, they start generating revenue from advertising. And then maybe just maybe you sub to get the story from the paywall. Not the worst yeah. idea ever, but. No, I, I, I get it. If that's what they're trying to do, then okay, mission accomplished. But I don't, yes, don't if you pretend want to be that it's going to be hard to hold yourself up as this high oracle of 
Yes, if Truth. you are willing to take the Wall Street Journal and transform yourselves into whatever tabloid pops into your head, Wall Street Journal presented by Pop Sugar, <laughs> then that's fine. Um, that's a model that could potentially work. But if you're basing your current model on the street cred that you've gained for however many years, you have to realize you're spending that to do that, right? Like you, you as are- long as we're at it, how's Jeff Bezos getting into any of this because of his ownership in media? Let's just throw that in there while we're at it. Right, and Jeff Bezos is having his own difficulties. One of the other articles I was almost going to bring up here was Washington Post talking about essentially people being sober and calling it the prohibition, um, which... Uh, is interesting locution there. Uh, and I was talking about that a little bit on my social media at Hogla uh, yesterday. But yeah, we've got all sorts of things to pop in on here. Um, so let's talk about what CNN says about what happened. Just when we think Elon Musk might keep his head down to focus on running as many companies, fighting a high stakes legal battle with Twitter or spending time with any of his 10 children, a fresh scandal breaks to feed the drama tornado that is the world's richest person. Okay. We're definitely taking a tabloid tack here to start from CNN Business, in case you missed it. That celebrity gossip rag, The Wall Street Journal, reported that Musk had a brief affair with Nicole Shanahan, the wife of Google co-founder Sergey Brin, who also happened to be Musk's pal and once gave him a half a million dollars when Tesla was on the ropes. According to the journal, that brief affair prompted Brin to file for divorce. Musk called the report total BS in a tweet on Monday, adding, I work crazy hours, so there just isn't much time for shenanigans. Though I got to say, Elon, the existence of twins you reportedly fathered with a woman who works with you at Neuralink might suggest there is time for shenanigans. CNN Business, folks, taking a high, high-minded approach to reporting on this topic. Now, why does it matter? Other than the fact that you get yes, to Yes, please Rick. do tell me why it matters. I'm looking for meaning. What? Yes, other than the fact you get to hear Rick's uh, deadline voice that I usually save for like Hollywood uh, celebrity reporting. We really couldn't care less about who Musk decides to sleep with press X to doubt. But there's a reason that WSJ and the people behind this newsletter think it's important to put a critical spotlight on the globe's most powerful and wealthy humans. Uh -huh. okay, the Wall Street Journal, not usually known for taking the most powerful and wealthy humans to task. Um, I That's think kind of the exact opposite of the Wall Street Journal, <laughs> whose entire like fundamental idea is business, business, business. The Wall Street Journal is the actual journalistic personification of Michael Douglas in Wall Street. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of odd. So you're trying to defend, which is interesting, right? Because they're technically competitors. They're, they're journalistic outlets competing for your eyeballs, time, resources and whatnot. And this says, well, they're doing it because they're speaking truth to power by talking about this lascivious affair. Hmm. Again, press X to doubt. As the CEO of Tesla, the world's most valuable automaker, Musk is the guy behind the wheel when it comes to the future of all electric and self-driving cars. All I mean, press exit out on that, too. There's other companies in the space. There are, and there will be more and more and more. <clears throat> As the head of SpaceX, he's launching real human beings into space and hopes to one day colonize Mars. Also true, he's digging tunnels occasionally as well. Neuralink wants to develop an implantable computer chip for the human brain. You don't get to have ambitions on that scale without encountering some scrutiny of your character. So far, that scrutiny has raised a lot of question about Musk's conduct, even beyond his daily outbursts on Twitter, outbursts, that's a connotative word, and occasionally quixotic corporate rating. Quixotic. I do like Not quixotic. only connotative, but evocative. Yes. I I would describe his Twitter. I, I usually use mercurial, but quixotic definitely works in, in the same vein. It's 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 an oddball type thing. I'm not, I'm not really feeling the justification of why this article exists from that paragraph. So broadly, I would say that this is the president justification. This is we care about all the private life stuff. 
of a president because they're so darn important and they do so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think that the CEO of Tesla and SpaceX and Neuralink and the boring company or whatever is the same is the same kind of concern that we should necessarily have. You, you don't have, you know, uh, nuclear weapons, presumably uh, at Tesla and whatnot. Uh, but I think that's the overall thesis. You should care about this person and whether he has an affair with Google's uh, president's wife because we should want our CEOs to be super uh, rule following. I, I don't, it, it gets a little, we got question mark, question mark, question mark there. Um, so it, to me, it's, it's, we're trying to justify what we can see in our hearts is clickbait, right? <laughs> and then we get to what CNN like to do. We, we saw them do this in the earlier article. Let's talk about other bad things. Musk has been accused of exposing himself to a flight attendant at SpaceX. One of his children has openly disavowed him. It's not really news. A former Tesla employee is suing the company, arguing that it fosters a climate of sexual harassment. And Tesla reportedly paid a firm to monitor employees' Facebook interactions when some workers wanted to form a union. Now, if they're trying to do that using company assets and company time, they may very well be entitled to it. Well, that's a discussion to have with the NLRB because they're moving on uh, on that kind of stuff and the use of social media, even through company resources. But um, yes, absolutely. And, and monitoring itself wouldn't necessarily be an issue depending on contracts and whatnot. I mean, who knows? Uh, but yes, this 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 list, uh, you know, is is not. Uh, as far as you know, public CEOs is not as god awful as you might imagine for this space. Obviously, you know, not great. All negative stories, uh, but they want to put these bullets in. And then, what's the bottom line according to CNN Business? CEOs of publicly traded companies are public figures. Want to get that? I out don't there. know that that necessarily is true. Just in I case don't you're know that you can it. necessarily conclude that the CEO of every public company is a public figure. In yeah, fact, well, I think you can go a long way to proving that's not true. Yeah. Public yeah. companies are pretty big. Um, it depends just because on... a public company is, well, just because it's a publicly traded company doesn't necessarily imply the CEO is a public okay. figure. There are uh, there are a lot of CEOs that are not particularly well-known yeah. and don't particularly make any efforts to make themselves well-known in any special way. Yes, so there are I lot agree. Of, there are a lot of CEOs who just kind of, you know, they're there and, you know, they're doing their job, but they don't make any public presence, nor do they want one. Well, but you so, can see what CNN's doing here, right? Because this is the, the this is the preemptory defense to defamation. Yeah. So you just throw this out as much as you can. Hey, anybody we might want to talk about as a public figure, because that helps us mm-hmm. uh, with what we want to say. And the way they conduct their personal affairs offers insight into the way they run their company. Does it? I, I'm actually curious about this. So you go to a white tie party. Uh, you have an interesting interaction with your buddy's wife. What does that tell us about the way you make decisions at Tesla? I would actually like this tied up a little bit. It's like, okay, talk to me about this. No, no, it's taken as a as a as a conclusion. According to WSJ, when Bryn learned of Musk's alleged betrayal, the Google co-founder told his advisors to sell all of his financial investments in Musk. Oh, all five hundred thousand dollars of it. He remembered it existed. Maybe it was more at this point. In time. Well, okay, it's unclear how much those investments amounted to. WSJ didn't report on it, or whether the sales were actually made. But that is exactly the kind of personal meets professional collision that should make shareholders uneasy. Now, look, I followed Elon Musk for a while now. I, I probably wouldn't invest in his companies because I do think he is mercurial. I do think he is quixotic. And I do think that that's worth noting when you're talking about what somebody's going to do with the assets that you have otherwise put in trust with him. But I don't think this changes things. This isn't a business kind of concept. Uh, so overall, I think your thesis falls because this isn't that kind of story. 
And I don't even know if you really believe it. Like, I think it's patently obvious that an article like this goes up because you think you got a good source. You think people will be interested in it. As And as Elon says, essentially, hey, because they're getting clicks, call them out on it. WSJ is supposed to have a high standard for journalism. And right now they are way sub tabloid. I don't know if it's sub. I'd say it's pretty much tabloid level. Uh, yeah. But Elon's clearly upset and he's doing what he does, which is he's tweeting about it all day, every day as this story goes out. Can't say that I blame him necessarily for a story like this, uh, but it is worth watching because I do think the Wall Street Journals of the world, the Washington Post, the New York Times, whatever it is that you think of as kind of a classic masthead uh, that has a certain amount of responsibility. This to me seems like a change from, from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, and it seems to me like a change driven by the fact that Elon Musk has a high SEO score and they think they had something here, regardless of whether or not it was true. Um, and honestly, we shouldn't have to be saying regardless of whether or not it's true for like a major magazine led full on WSJ news exclusive weekend uh, blowout. Uh, but I do fear that we have to do that. Um, and that's not coming from someone who, who generally backs Elon Musk's social media Twitter interactions. Uh, but this does feel like perhaps a step too far, even against the world's richest man. Well, um, with so, that, I'm going to sign off because I've yeah, got other things to do Kurt. today. Good luck on your test. Everybody wish Kurt luck. Uh, it's no fun, but I know that it will be a, a big monkey off your back and hopefully with better dreams after tomorrow. Uh, so right. good luck to you. Uh, have fun with the process. Sometimes if you got an essay that you really know, that can be enjoyable. Um, and uh, go kill it, all right? Yep. Later, bye. All right, see you, Kurt. All right, folks. So that was what I wanted to talk to you all about with respect to these articles. So anybody that was worried of us diving into everything, uh, have no fear. Uh, I wanted to talk about the media as a concept, and I wanted to use the Wall Street Journal and the CNN coverage of this to discuss these important kind of moves uh, in media coverage of these things. Because one, I had some familiarity with Elon Musk over the past couple of months, and two, I really thought it was odd. Um, and so that's that's why we did that video for anybody that was concerned at the front end. We're, we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna dive into the mud and do these various things. Uh, we were just gonna talk about it. Uh, in the way that we wanted to talk about it. So let's see. Uh, I think we have one super chat that I missed. I just want to make sure that I grab it from Brit again. Brit, I really appreciate the support. Super chat economy equals two $10. Super chats gets me 400 characters. One $20 gets me 225 characters. Even a $500 super chat only gets 350 characters. Lawyers, I swear you have to explain everything to them. LOL. <laughs> I'm saying Brit. That if you were to say continued in a non-super chat chat, I would work with you. I am not, I didn't design the system. Those aren't up to me. That is Google. I really appreciate the support. I just feel bad when you put forward like three or four super chats. Um, so please know that I am so, so thankful for all of that. But, you know, we can work something out if you have more communications that you want to get through uh, to me. You know, there's, there's only 700 of us which is pretty darn good for an early morning. And I really appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, but that means that the chat goes slow enough that I can mostly see things. I know I'll miss things and people say, Rick never says my chat. I apologize in advance. Uh, but yeah, Kenny Locker says quixotic like Don Quixote. Uh, yes, absolutely. But we we pronounce it quixotic, right? We don't, it's not chaotic, I don't believe. Uh, but but yes, I, and you were this close to hearing me start singing Man of La Mancha before I remembered that I'm broadcasting live on the internet. But do keep dreaming the impossible dream, folks. We got a ton of good lucks to Kurt. 
from everybody here. Kurt, if you still got this on, I hope you're seeing this or I hope you saw the chat. This is fantastic. He won't get the results for months. Um, even though the MBE is 200 multiple choice questions done on a Scantron, or they might do it differently now. It's been a while since I took the bar exam. Um, they don't give you that score right away, even though I think they should, just to get some of that anxiety away. Uh, but yes, uh, Quixotic is hands down the best hoax Scrabble word so far. That's a fun one, right? I, I like those words. You know me, I like words in general. Uh, so have fun with that, Quixotic. It's good. Uh, yeah, they like to mention the 10 kids. Oh my God, I can't say all these emojis, but I will say crying, laughing emoji, 10 kids, crying, laughing, rolling. And then a lot of emojis with big eyeballs. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Two, two is enough. <laughs> uh, exceedingly idealistic, unrealistic, and impractical. Quixotic. Uh, I can't help it. I'm a lawyer. Hmm. I wonder what that relates to. Uh, Nicholas Starro, unionist labor law. Musk has what? Eight to 10 kids with three or more women. Any company that relies on one person is a risk. Absolutely granted. And if that one has a cluster of litigation, if he passes on premature stocks, will plummet. That's absolutely true. Anytime you've got a founder-led company or a personality-led company, you've got a potential risk issue, right? You saw Apple have a, have a moment when Steve Jobs passed. I think you'd have the same kind of concept if Elon Musk were to pass at Tesla or SpaceX or one of these things. Um, that said, you know, I don't know that each and every bit of his personal life should matter if he's otherwise delivering on his business goals. Whether or not he is doing that is a different question and one that I think is entirely appropriate for the CNN businesses and Wall Street journals of the world. Um, as I said, I probably wouldn't invest with him based on some of the stuff I've seen with the Twitter deal and just kind of his nature. Uh, one of the things that you are investing in when you invest in a company is that high level management because they are, at the end of the day, going to take this pile of money that the investors give them and decide what to do with it. So you have to trust their judgment. You have to trust their thought process. And I don't for Elon Musk, but that comes from a number of different areas and it doesn't come from tabloid stories in the Wall Street Journal. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, Aoki, enter text here. Well, Aoki, I'm going to assume that you meant to type something into the super chat. Thank you so much for the support. So I'll try to keep a lookout for if you put just in chat what you wanted to ask or what you wanted to say. This sometimes happens with this feature, so I really apologize for that. We're just learning all about Super Chats this morning, folks. Uh, Google does some cool stuff, but sometimes it's a little tricky, uh, and sometimes that button gets hit early. So, uh, well, I will, key, I will try to keep a look out for your name for anything that you might want to say in this space. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, we've got Newt saying, Russia has said it will withdraw from the International Space Station after 2024 to focus on building its own orbit orbital outpost. We... Okay, all the nations of the world can have their own space stations. We can start getting into some of that uh, near future science fiction real early. Uh, that'll be that'll be fun. Nothing like bringing international relations up to the, the next the next level, right? Um, LC plus the way Musk is playing around with the SEC, his stockholders may lose faith in him one day. Yeah, he's clearly antagonistic towards the SEC, which is not ideal. Uh, for the management of the company that you've otherwise invested in, there is some marginal loss of value to the dollar when you're you're not at least presenting like you're playing nice uh, with some of those regulatory bodies. So that has to be taken into account as well. Presumably the investors that are investing with him understand that and have already discounted for some of the more mercurial behaviors that he does with those regulatory agencies. Absolutely. Everybody else, we're hanging out now. We've done our articles. Like I said, not a deep dive today. So if you have questions, comments on anything else at all, you know, put them in, 
put them in the chat. I'm happy to chat for a, a little bit longer before we head off to our work days here on a Tuesday. Uh, Wall Street style of this article could be a change compared to lawyer adverts, new standard versus scandalous. Hey, bringing it all together. Absolutely. I would hate to see every single journalistic outlet become the internet, the worst shadow internet version of itself. Uh, right. And I do think when you look at those kinds of articles, when you look at the Wall Street Journal, not just hiding it in the back page, maybe it gets clicks, but actually saying like, this is our big deal ticket item. You should be worried about this. This is something of concern to you. I do think that you're starting to prey on people's um, natural inclination towards gossip mongering and, and talking behind people's backs and things that maybe aren't our best features uh, as human beings and doing so in a way that, like I said, doesn't really trade on the reputation that you've built yourself for decades. Uh, and so I would hate to see that, but don't know. Well, Alk, he says, no worries, man. It was a joke. Love watching in the morning during work. Well, thank you so much for the support. I appreciate it. Enter text here. Great chat comment. <laughs> I just want to make sure this is how I live my life. This is how I run my firm, that everybody gets value from what they are otherwise, you know, sending as payments to support me or, or, or otherwise to hire me for services that I provide. So thank you. I appreciate the joke. Just want to make sure that you weren't left on the side of the road because a Google button got away from you. Um, Randy says he's the richest person in the world. I think he might know a thing or two. Absolutely. Elon Musk knows a thing or two. There's no question there. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, Jay says, I was shocked to see NASA sign a deal with Russia. Well, I mean, eventually we're going to have to have international relations with Russia, right? I mean, so hopefully at some point in the future, things aren't quite as fraught uh, as they are now. Nick Ortiz taking me up on my promise to chat about anything here in Hangouts this morning. Who is your favorite Final Fantasy villain and why? Uh, I think my favorite Final Fantasy villain is probably Kefka, who is Final Fantasy VI's villain. Um quite frankly, because he is so unpredictable uh, and because of the ways in which his plan comes to fruition. Yes, I know. Final Fantasy VI is from the mid-1990s. I could spoil it uh, with reckless abandon. But honestly, if I could convince everybody in here in chat, if I could sell 700 copies of Final Fantasy VI right now, I would. I recommend it highly as a game worth playing. There's a pixel remaster available on the PC and mobile phones and not on any consoles that you might have. Uh, but but Kefka is that kind of chaos-inducing personality uh, that does find some success uh, with what he's planning to do. So I think that's probably my favorite villain. Sephiroth is the easy answer for Final Fantasy. Uh, he's a good villain as well, but he has some extra baggage. So hopefully that was a good answer. Uh, Mr. Upper Torso says, Elon sure is volatile. I'll give him that. Making kind of emotional deci business decisions can be worrying, but that can be linked to wanting to mess around out of wedlock. It's a stretch, right? You're trying to establish that this guy makes all these decisions without full judgment, without thinking them through all the way. And maybe you can tie that to the way he runs Tesla and SpaceX, but it's a stretch. And I think it's worth acknowledging that stretch to say, look, you can maybe make this case. We don't have to buy it at full price, right? The Wall Street Journal wants to say, hey, we're just doing what we do here at the Journal. Yeah, it feels different. It absolutely feels different. Uh, Strive420 says, with the most controversial statement of the day, I like Final Fantasy VI. 
It's very, very good. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Check it out. Uh, Chaos equals the best villain, Final Fantasy 1. I'm just here to kill chaos. Sorry, that's uh, Strangers of Paradise from this year. Not as awful as you think. Strangers of Paradise, very good game. Uh, Seven is always the best. Seven's the greatest of all time. Seven's certainly the one that a lot of people remember. Lots of good stuff. Um, what else we got here? Uh, imagine putting intimacy outside of marriage on your 10K as a disclosure. <laughs> Disclosed. Our CEO occasionally makes poor choices that sometimes get publicized in the realm of intimacy in their marriage. This may or may not affect the way that you view the company and or the decision-making on any given day. Sometimes he's just super angry when he comes into the office. Uh, yeah, it's quite the disclosure, right? Final Fantasy IV is my fave. Fantastic game. Certainly in the English translation. Features the Red Wings, my hockey team. So I really do like that in Final Fantasy IV. Don't forget to click the like, says Lemon Fresh. Thank you, Lemon Fresh. Absolutely. If you're enjoying this content, if you are still with me here an hour and a half or just an hour in, absolutely. Like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Uh, that's the best. We're talking Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy Tactics Advance is my favorite. Thank you, Caro. Love the avatar. Cool. Cool rainbow unicorn. Yeah, Tactics is awesome. Tactics Advance is awesome. Uh, I remember those. I hope that they come to modern consoles at some point in the future. Uh, Sudorukin. That, that isn't right. I apologize in the pronunciation. He's reminding me of a certain real estate mogul back in the 1980s and 1990s. Hmm, real estate mogul in the 80s and 90s. Who could you be referring to? He's got money and he's being sloppy personally. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know that any of us know exactly how we'd operate as a multi-billionaire, uh, but I do think that he likes his persona. He likes his public presence. And that's why when I saw that original tweet, one of my reactions was you seek out that kind of attention. Don't be surprised when that attention comes to you. Uh, that said, I do think that the media went too far on this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Sardinism's Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster is next. Next on your list of games to play. Yeah, fantastic. I'm playing through five right now. Love the Pixel Remasters. Absolutely great. Um, what else we got here? Mr. Repertorso says, I'm still out here replaying Shadow of Colossus for the 100th time, just so ahead of its time. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, the, the Ico series, Shadow of the Colossus, those kinds of games, they didn't connect with me as much as they did with other people. Uh, but there's definitely a lot of artistic talent there, a lot of fun. I've, I've played through those games, definitely. Um, Pants says, I pre-liked this video about 10 hours ago. You liked this without seeing it at all? You had no idea what this video could be. I could have come out in a Mickey Mouse hat and a clown suit and just sing and dance for an hour, and you still would have liked this video. And how would you have felt about it then? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Camille says, to be fair, 10Ks are great for finding gossip. If only they were fi filed that way. Also, favorite game is Super Hot. Super Hot's an awesome game uh, that allows you to kind of get into action movie shootouts where if you're not moving, they're not moving, bullets aren't moving, you pause. Uh, and things only happen when you move, uh, so you get a lot of fun there. Highly recommend Super Hot VR if you haven't tried that. Uh, it's it's uh, taking Super Hot to the next level. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, what else we got here? Persona Five: The Royal. Yeah, Persona Five is a great game. A lot of fun. I don't have like 150 hours uh, to dump on a JRPG right now. Uh, so as you can probably tell from this space and through the hours between the, when the videos come out, I'm. I'm doing a lot behind the scenes and, and doing a lot of work in general, but Persona 5 uh, is a fantastic game. I did talk about Stray uh, the other day. Um, and Stray is a game about you being a cat in a dystopian future city. It's relatively short, but has a lot of good cat animations. Highly recommend it. Uh, Nick Ortiz says, naturally, I must follow up with asking who your favorite hero is. 
nerd emoji. Uh, that would be Celeste, actually, from Final Fantasy VI as well. Celeste is my favorite. Uh, she is the general uh, in charge with hunting you down and uh, has a wonderful character arc. Uh, a lot of video games used to have things called character art, sometimes forgotten uh, in modern video games, but Celeste uh, is is my favorite, and Celeste and Locke together and, and all sorts of stuff with Final Fantasy VI. If you can't tell, Final Fantasy VI is my favorite uh, Final Fantasy. I, I do enjoy Cloud and his arc um, as well, uh, but it's a, the, the amnesiac discovering memories and, and, and twisting around memory and things like that uh, isn't quite as exciting to me as, um, you know, the, the, the enemy uh, finding themselves, finding themselves in a new world, doing those kinds of things. So Celeste is my number one. Tim Riggs, Hogue, what is your favorite console RPG from the cartridge era and why is it Chrono Trigger? We're just trying to see how many times you can get me to say Final Fantasy VI. How many different chat questions can get Hogue to say Final Fantasy VI? What's the best music in Final Fantasy? Final Fantasy VI. What's your favorite version of pixel art in Final Fantasy? Final Fantasy VI. Uh, we could do this all day, uh, says Captain America's version of Final Fantasy VI. Um, yeah, Chrono Trigger is very high up there. Chrono Trigger is probably one of my top games of all time as well. Uh, but my favorite from that era is Final Fantasy VI. I think it matched uh, with what they wanted to do in terms of melodrama and angst and seriousness, as well as fantasy and uh, strategy and the way that their battle system works and everything else, uh, that uh, is a step above. Final Fantasy VI is the best the series has ever been, and I hope they can get back there one day. I don't think it'll be in 16, which is described as Devil May Cry, uh, in Final Fantasy, I don't view that as a Final Fantasy game, but maybe we could talk about that uh, in a different venue at some point. Uh, Pant says, well, I could unlike it if you let me down. <laughs> You're not bound to it forever. The like doesn't just lock in uh, and stay there forever. This is a fair point. This is a fair point. I Well, I appreciate the pre-likes then. Uh, Silcanet, uh, are you sure you don't have 150 hours? I hear Xenoblade 3 is more than that, LOL. I hear that as well. Um, so no, I don't have time for Xenoblade 3. Is that going to prevent me from buying Xenoblade 3? It is not. Uh, but I have a much better chance of beating live alive than I do beating Xenoblade 3. I will still buy it. I'm sure it will be lovely. I probably won't ever see the end of it. So, yeah. Elbon says, I still need to get Stray. Yep. Stray, very, very popular game. Very high on the list of game selling on Steam. Uh, it's available on the PlayStation as well. It's uh, it's cute. It's cute. I, I don't think it does much other than let you play as a cat, really. Um, and some of my fellow video game colleagues that have talked about this with me have said that that's, uh, that's not good enough for them. But uh, it does let you play as a cat very well. <laughs> it's, got a, it's got a lot of good cat animations. You feel like a cat. Absolutely. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, what about Final Fantasy XV? Final Fantasy 15, I've consistently said, is greater than the sum of its parts, but it does feel like it was never concluded and had to get rushed out the door at some point. Crayon Rider says, I hate something called FF. I'm assuming like Fatal Fury or Final Fight, because I, I'm I can't I can't assume that they mean Final Fantasy. So we've got a lot of FFs in video games. You'll have to be more specific with which FF you actually hate. Uh, but there are some of those I don't like either. You know, some of those are a little overrated. Most of them involve the word fighting uh, or fighting variants. But I understand they're not all as good as Final Fantasy. And they can get confusing when you're just using the, the abbreviation, of course. Have you gotten into Final Fantasy 14? 
I have played a, a tons of Final Fantasy 14, but gotten into no, I've never actually gotten it even to the expansion material. Uh, I'm currently playing Elder Scrolls Online because they have put in a card game that I absolutely love. Uh, and I play the cards to relax sometimes after work. Uh, and we're not getting anywhere in adventuring <laughs> in Elder Scrolls Online, but I am slowly going up uh, the ranks of the card playing members of, of ESO. So I'm enjoying that a lot. Maybe my favorite card game ever introduced in a video game. You should check that out if you're interested. Uh, I don't get why we can't have a modern turn-based JRPG, says Sardinisms. Only one I can think of is Pix uh, Persona 5. Everything else you have to go back to retro-style pixel art. I assume there's a Dragon Quest being worked on in the background that will be turn-based, but I hear you on Final Fantasy. I don't even want to talk about Final Fantasy 16 because those interviews were so disheartening to what I want out of a Final Fantasy. Uh, 1010H, I love that we've made this into a video game hangout, folks. Uh, my friends are into WoW, World of Warcraft, Elden Ring, and Diablo Immortal, the mobile game for Diablo. Fantastic. Yeah, a lot of people I know are still playing Elden Ring, still having fun with Elden Ring. Um, I played it for a bit. I will get back to it at some point in time. It will be game of the year. It won't be my game of the year. Uh, Strive420 says the combat has been moving away from turn-based and just changes the game dynamics so much. I don't feel like I'm playing an FF game anymore. Totally agree. 100% agree. Um, and that there is fun to be had in the strategizing and figuring out your battle commands and how to take advantage of weaknesses and things that is completely obliterated by Twitch mechanics and getting in there and pressing X to awesome and everything else. So I hear you. I wish it were different. I am not in charge of the Final Fantasy brand. This is evident from the last few Final Fantasies. Uh, Nicholas Starro, unionist labor law. There's rumors of litigation on Vince McMahon, now former chairman WWE. Will you cover it if true? Well, I know Mark at Attractive Nuisance has that relationship specifically with WWE. I'll probably contact him uh, to see if he wants to do something together from the business side, talk about those kinds of things. I don't know whether he can uh, because of his connections. Uh, but yes, I saw the announcement of Stephanie McMahon taking over the chairperson's seat um, and all of the tumult there. Uh, and I might well cover it, although... You know, I don't want people to think we're just covering, you know, tabloid type gossip. This is a big deal um, for a company like this. So we'll see. We, we may we may see. Uh, what else we got here? Law and Lumber. Reasonable minds can differ unless you think something other than Final Fantasy VI is the answer. I will allow other people to also have as their favorite game a different Final Fantasy, Rob. I mean, look, those are reasonable positions. Now, I've talked about the top of my list before. I mean, my favorite game experiences of all time is Final Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger, Witcher 3, and Star Control 2, which doesn't get enough mention even in this space. Uh, but yes, reasonable minds can differ, except if you think Final Fantasy is a bad series. So we just assume that your FF is different if you say something like, I hate FF. <laughs> uh, what else we got here? I think we're just about ready to call it a morning, get ready for our Tuesdays. I, uh, Roberts, unless you hate Final Fantasy, uh, laughing emoji, uh, SCJ643, I liked Final Fantasy 13, so did I. 13, unfairly maligned, really excellent battle system, fantastic graphics for the time especially, um, and a story that gets away from them a little bit, but not any worse than some of the earlier entries in the series. Uh Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning will always have a special place in my art. I tell you what, if there were a virtual legality back when that was going through all of its stuff, we would have covered the dispute about the tax credits for that game. Um, Kingdoms of Amalur, not bad. Um, not bad at all. Does anybody remember Golden Sun? Of course. 
Uh, we're still hoping that Nintendo gets off its butt and starts releasing some of the more popular Game Boy games onto their online service, but they haven't as of yet. Um, KitKat says, don't forget to hit the like button. I always appreciate that, folks. Thank you so much. Uh, and thanks for providing great content before the morning bell rings, Hope. Well, thank you for dropping in, Brandon. I really appreciate it. And with that, I think that's the end of our Hangouts and Headlines this morning. Hopefully that was fun for everybody. Have a fantastic Tuesday. A reminder, one, I'm not on WhatsApp. Anybody that tells you that, that, that I am, just report them. They don't have your best interest in heart. I will continue to try to scrub that from the channel and get this, this particular channel verified. And two, we don't do Wednesday broadcasts. So I won't be with you on Wednesday. Uh, that's tomorrow. I will be back on Thursday for another Hangouts. There could still be a virtual legality. There could be other content that pops up on the channel on Wednesday, but we won't be doing this morning broadcast show. Um, yes, I, I see that there's one more Super Chat co-counsel. Thank you. Don't miss it. Nick Ortiz, if you haven't already, please give Xenosaga a try. Nerd emoji, praying hands emoji. Oh, I've given Xenosaga a try. Xenosaga is another one of those series that I think gets away from them a little bit. Uh, but over the course of it, a lot of fun ideas, a lot of interesting stuff. And if one of the games has Xeno in front of it, you know things are going to get weird. So whether it's Xenogears, Xenosaga, or Xenoblade, they go really, really weird, really, really often. And if you like that flavor of video game, you can have a lot of fun with it. I'll leave you with Merciless Base. Live long and prosper, everybody. Have a fantastic day. I will see you in this space, Hangouts, again on Thursday. Talk to you soon.